I was telling my uh, my team this morning that this is the faithful as uh, we have the Super Bowl today and the 49ers fans are called the faithful, but in God's eyes, this is the faithful, those who come and fellowship with him and with each other in his house. And um, for that, we are blessed and I believe highly favored, amen. So welcome this morning. Uh, we are glad you're here. The Lord is here. We've got a powerful time in his presence together. Um, and we get to hear of all that he's doing overseas as we also receive his word this morning. Father God, we bless your name. We thank you. We lift you high. We praise you. We honor you, Lord, and we ask for more of you. Holy Spirit, fill us this morning, Lord. Help us to worship, Lord. Help us to praise your name above all other names, above all other things on this earth, Lord. For we will choose and we will decide to lift up the creator and not lift up created things, Lord, Father God. Help us to crucify our flesh this morning so that may, we may worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord, Father God, the way that you have designed us to worship you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your word, Lord. We look up to you, Lord. We look to you and we fix our eyes on Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
do All we have to do is start singing All we have to do is start praising Your name And the enemy runs away Come on All we have to do is start singing All we have to do is start praising Your name And the enemy runs away That's his word. This is our God, maker of heaven and earth, victorious, seated on the throne, magnified, Lord of lords, King of kings, the Holy One, the champion who sits upon the throne, our Jesus who cried, it is finished. We thank you, Lord. 
and this is our part. We declare his glory. We declare his victory. We declare his renown, his name. That at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow before you, Jesus. So we declare our God, our God, our great God. Lord, we know that you are on our side, but God, I pray that this morning, us as your church, Lord, we are on your side. That you do not serve us, God, that we serve you. So we sing your name. Sing. All we have to do is start singing. All we have to do is start praising your name. And the enemy runs away. Lift your voices, sing it out. All we have to do is start singing. All we have to do is start praising your name. And the enemy runs away.
Let your church know the battle is won. Thank you, Jesus. Just let the way make her through. He's gonna move. 
down to follow you. Lord, as things get busy and dynamics change and there's uncertainty, we put our certainty in you. Lord, stir up our faith in such a way it pours out. It's not something we just keep to ourselves. Lord, that there's change now in our communities, in our homes, in our friendships. Lord, that everywhere we take foot, you've predestined those places. Lord, so we don't keep our mouths shut, we open them wide so you may move through our lives, so you could speak through us. Lord, we put you above all. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Crossroads. I want to say hello and welcome. I am Pastor Nick, the youth pastor here at Crossroads. Um, If you didn't have a chance to put in 
something to the offering. Um, we're also going to do, I guess, not another offering. But uh, if you have any envelopes or money that you want to give, you can also uh, give that to us before we leave. Can we do a second offering? I know that was a little confusing. Sorry about that. <laughs> Can you let them know? Yeah, okay, cool. So we'll do the second offering at the end of announcements. Um, and yeah, I just want to welcome you. We have lots of flags uh, because we are a church that is about spreading the gospel, not just meeting on a Sunday and then going home. Uh, today's a fun day. There's football going on. Hopefully you get to watch it with family. But first and foremost, we give to God. We give our time to God, uh, and we honor him by keeping the Sabbath holy. So thank you for being here. Um, we have another amazing guest, too, uh, close to our hearts. He's uh, Pastor Lynn's brother, Robert, Pastor Robert, and he'll come up and uh, do the rest of the service. But some quick announcements. Uh, we have bulletins in front of you. If you're new um, or you want to receive our newsletters, please fill them out, put them in the offering, um, and then we'll reach out to you, keep you updated about Crossroads and what's going on. We have lots of groups that meet Wednesday night, men's group, women's group, uh, the children and youth meet. Um, that's at 6.30 and correct, right? Women's group, 6.30? 7. Oh, seven. Okay, sorry. Youth, show up a little earlier because we got lots of fun games going on and uh, even showing up early. Sometimes we run late a lot of times with the youth group. So uh, Tuesday night, we also have men's basketball back up. Uh, that's not just for men's, but open to everybody. The youngest that we have playing is a third grader, and he's able to make some shots. So if you're able to toss a ball around, dribble, come. It's a fun time. Um, it's really designed to minister to our youth as well. Um, ministry to youth is living life with them. It's not just always telling them what to do, how to act. It's having a relationship because ultimately our faith is relationship with Christ. There's um, no uh, Bible study this week because it's Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs> but next week. Well, youth will still meet uh, 6.30 to 8.30. We'll celebrate Valentine's together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a building missions trip July 20th through 27th to Poland. Uh, we've raised all the funds needed for the building project. Amen. And now it's time to get our hands dirty and do the work. Um, so we're calling all uh, builder, workers, contractors, laborers, plumbers, electricians, uh, adventurers, and other interested people. If uh, this pulls your heart at all, please reach out. Um, learn more about it if that's what you need to say yes. Um, but a lot of times just saying yes before all the details are given out, God blesses even more because you're displaying a servant heart.
And then um, our ministry partners are our partners who are actually in India right now. So keep them in prayer. Um, it's 19 flights total, and their trip is only like 21 days. So it's go, go, go. Pray for their stamina, physical energy, for protection over here in the States. We have flu going around. I don't know what it's like in India, but when you're doing God's work, your body starts to be attacked because that's what the enemy tries to break down and get a hold of is our body, our thoughts. So pray for them. Um, God's doing amazing things over there, and they're going to share when they come back. Next week is going to be Youth Sunday, so it's a good opportunity to invite youth, invite any friends, family. Uh, it's going to be all youth-led. We're going to have youth worship. Um, also, the youth are going to be prophetic, are going to have prophetic prayer over our congregation. And that's a time for our congregation to support our youth in building things of the Spirit. Because we want them to be bold, which means we have to also step out and be bold with them. We have to give opportunity for them to pray over us. So pray for our youth also, because <laughs> it could be nerve-wracking for them coming up, praying, uh, doing worship. And God is just so good. He's building this house in such a way to not just feed people who show up, but also people who log in, people who hear of what's going on, and people who just interact with our congregation. So praise God. Um, we're going to go ahead and bow our heads and prepare for the second offering. <laughs> we'll just say offering. Um, again, anything unmarked will go to uh, our missionary partners that have shared earlier today. Lord, thank you so much for always providing. I pray that you just touch everything that we give and multiply it for your work, Lord. Father, I pray for more finances over everybody in this church, Lord. Not so they could build here on earth, but so we could invest in your kingdom, Lord. And it's not just something that we give here today, but it's constant. And our children see it, and they learn how to give. Lord, I thank you so much for the work that you have done here in our building and across the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You.
Good morning, everyone. Let's get into the Word. Uh, we are always excited to come here. Um, that just means my sister is somewhere around the world. I, I, I don't ever... She's never here. That doesn't, that shouldn't, I, I shouldn't get it like a complex, right? She leaves and I come. I just like, whoa. Um, yeah, some of the best speaking is done at this church on a regular basis. So uh, I just want to know you to know that you have a amazing set of pastors um, and they are a blessing to people around the world. I, um, there are those who really do a lot in the United States. And sometimes those are people like over in Texas because all their churches are like 20 billion people. Um, and where my, where my, um, where my son goes in, in Springfield, Missouri, which is the capital of the Assemblies of God movement, um, there are like churches are like huge. Like every one of them, even the small ones. They're like, I walk into it and I'm like, Oh my word, there's like 500 people here. In California, that's like, there's something special going on over in that 500. But uh, I want you to understand, impact is what matters. And you can easily get caught up in pews and not realize how many million you actually impact by supporting by going, this church is a goer, Poland, all around the world that you've gone. That is a big, huge, impactful part of what you do. I want you to remember that. I want you to also remember that there is a mission field right out these doors. And that is also your calling into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts we have a responsibility here, too, and we want to make sure that we are able to uh, be effective no matter where you go, and that means that you have to figure out how to build the relationships like Chris and Jenny were just talking about. It comes down to relationships. It's not going to come down to how much you know and how eloquent of a speaker you are. Those are good. I'm glad you want to know. And I'm glad you practice the speaking, but it's going to be about how much you care. They will know you are my disciples, my followers, by the way you love one another. That's relationship. Not even my sermon, so let's go. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about, we're going to focus in on our life as sheep. Our life as sheep, heeding or hardening Heeding or hardening? Um, this, this year, uh, the Lord has been really pressing on my heart three topics to focus on, um, for not just for Worship Encounter, um, which we do at home with Worship Encounter. You can see it on YouTube. Uh, feel free to supplement what you get here by watching that. Um, but we also, anywhere we go, we speak. These are the three themes for this year. One, Invest in your relationships, first with God, then with people. First with God, then with people. Got to get that order right. A lot of times we do the first with people, and then we adjust our relationship with God based on how people are. 
Let's not do that. Let's get the, the right order. Second is expand your capacity, and that's a prophetic word for you all. Expand that capacity, and here's the thing, before the need arises. See, that's where you're living in faith as opposed to kind of like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? It's expand, get God's vision for what you're doing before you even need it. And then you'll see God is a person of one that loves to fill vacancy. He loves to fill a vacancy, a void. He spoke the word his word, and the world came to be, and it was void. And then he spoke, and then he spoke, let there be light. And then he spoke. He wants to fill the void. But so many times what we do is we kind of get this, I, I, yeah, God, show me, and then I'll step. And he's saying, no, expand the capacity before. Start thinking, what if? What could be? Speak it into existence. Expand your capacity. Worship Encounter is going to be doing that same thing with what we're doing, but it's a matter of expanding our capacity before the need arises as an act of faith. And then the third one is face our fear with faith because our purpose lies beyond our fear. Consider David and Goliath. I'm sure that there was a lot of fear, but David had just been anointed king of Israel. And he had to get on the other side of Goliath. So do you. When you see something you're afraid of, go in that direction. Because your purpose is on the other side. These are the three themes that I am speaking on no matter where I go either on at home when we record or here. Today, I want to continue the first one, which is I want us to focus in on our relationship with God as sheep. I want to establish two truths so that we're like, these are like, if you're into math and geometry, now I just shut down like everybody's like, forget that. I'm not into geometry. But when, when if you were like I was, you always were given in geometry like these givens. They were called given. Or basically, you, these are your first places to start, and then everything else follows. So these are the two givens, the two truths that I want you to make sure you are aware of. First, God is a talker. God is a talker. Hebrews 1, uh, 1 through 3, or actually 1 through 2. Uh, it says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom all he made, also made the universe. He reminds us that he is a talker. In fact, the, the Greek word here actually means he's talkative. Meaning like more like, it, it, it's more like chatter. He chatters. Uh, we would call that a chatterbox. God is a chatterbox. Do you realize like he would be that annoying person that doesn't shut up? You know those people. 
I'm one of them. I love to talk. My son loves to talk. We are, my wife, not so much. It's a chatterbox. That's what God is. He's actually one that is constantly talking. Constantly. In fact, he talks so much that I think this is where my topic of today, which is heating or hardening, comes in. Because God is always talking. Right now, he is talking. He's talking through me. He is talking in other things that you may be thinking about. He is talking to you. In fact, the, the scripture says he's, he's constantly talking in various ways. And, and just to make sure you realize, like it's not just back then. Malachi 3.6 says that the Lord does not change. In Hebrews 13.8, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you want to make sure that, make, oh yeah, that's just for those spiritual people. Here's the thing. You also are the whosoever. Because John 3.16 says that God loved the world that he gave so that whosoever believes. So if you are a whosoever, you have the ability to hear God all the time. Like people are just like freaking out, like now this guy is losing it. Yeah, I am, because what happens is, is we get such a, a used to, like, I, I don't know that God's talking to me all the time. I don't, I don't want to be that person. Why not? Why? So, so as if you can figure out how to navigate life on your own. I'm 50 years old now. Here's the thing, as I've probably spent 30 of those years trying to figure out whether, where should I go? What should I do? You all know that experience. Like, what should I do now? What should I High school years? Come on, nobody wants to go back there unless you were like the, the prom queen. I wasn't, nor was I the king. Either one. But here's the thing. We're always trying to figure out, but what if, what if at a young age we were hearing God's voice? And realizing he was constantly talking. Constantly. And we do have the ability to hear his voice. I just want to make sure you realize the scriptures are very clear about that. In fact, these are the special scriptures because they're in red. They are in John chapter 10. Jesus even talks about this. He says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Interesting. It, it is that clear that he's saying, you, sheep, know my voice. It's not a selective. 
It's not if you pass this certain course, you get to learn his voice. He's saying, you are my sheep, and you know my voice. He even goes on in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And then in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Do you know what he's talking about there? He's talking about the Jews, where the one, the other, the one flock, and the Everybody else was the Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, I just want you to know, then you're the everybody else. So therefore, he's just basically said, you all can learn how to hear my voice. It's not exclusive. See, we are, and then in verse uh, 1027, it, it says, he emphatically just closes it out, says, my sheep, Listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. So, we are his sheep. We are this place, but here's the question, though. See, what he says there is he says, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow but let's now go inward, sheep. If, if I was doing like youth or children, I would have you all like bad like a sheep. But I'm not going to make you that feel like that. Like this guy's weird. I am, but that's okay. Think about it this way. How many times have you as a sheep went a different direction than the shepherd. Because it says there in chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. Yet, I also know many times where it says in the scriptures that all we, like sheep, have gone astray. Oh, Isaiah 53, 6 is, is where that comes from. We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us turning to our own way. And in 1 Peter 2, 25, it says, that it quotes Isaiah, you were like sheep going astray. The word astray there means to err. So think, think about it. Do you all make mistakes? Yeah, you do. And I do. I'm not just pointing fingers at you. That's okay. But the other part of this word, when it goes into the Greek, is actually to wander. Do you wander? Do you, do you kind of, like, you know the shepherd saying, go in this direction, you're kind of like, yeah, I, I wander. I'm going to wander around. Well, this is why the, the life of sheep is complex. Do, can you imagine that? Like, it doesn't look like it's that complex. But because we are his sheep, we know God's a talker. We know he will talk to us. And we know his voice. It's not that we don't know his voice. He, he says, my sheep know my voice. But then why do we 
wander? Why do we get out on our own and kind of do some things? I'm going to give you three, three reasons or ways that we do this. The first, and I think is probably the obvious one, actually probably all three are very obvious, one is because we, sheep, wander because we're chasing after our own desires. Do you imagine that, like, we're not perfect sheep. We have things in us that we hold on to. It's our self nature. We have a spirit nature. We are born again, as John chapter 3 says. But now we are also dealing with this already but not yet of being fully purified. So there's still stuff in us that holds on to the past, who we were. We still kind of look, look over there and go, ooh, that's, that's interesting. And then the shepherd's going off on that, and he's like, oh, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to start moving over here a little bit. Don't act like you don't. I know I do. And what's interesting about this is that the, the, the words in James 1, it actually is where, where he talks about this. It, it says that we are dragged away and enticed by our own desires. And that word own is, it's unique. It's unique to us. You might share something in common with somebody else, but your own as a unique sheep, you will be dragged away by your own desires. And that is a very interesting part because you're thinking, I know his voice, and yet I still go the other way. I mean, like, I, I want you to get that because of this. Just because you're going the other way doesn't mean that you've lost knowing his voice. You will still hear his voice, and now it's the battle this inward battle that's constantly warring at us of how do we then not harden our hearts and stop listening to the voice and go after what we're desiring? How do we then heed his voice and get back? For this first one, I want to give you a few. First, recognize the bait. Recognize that desire, that, that the, the, the way that that word is actually stated there is it's the bait of a hook. It is what is going to attack or capture you, just like you're fishing. What is the bait? Each one of us has a different bait. Recognize your bait. Then, second, put yourself in the pen. See, a lot of times where the bait is, we actually want to stay close to the bait. But there's something that I've learned a long time ago, and I still do this to this day because of my situation, what my bait is. I actually have to limit my access to things. It is a willful decision. Don't act like it's something that you can just automatically, it's like, okay, it's all going to be good. I'm sorry. My bait is still my bait. 
50 years old and my bait is still the bait. So the only way I can deal with that is by getting away from it and locking myself into the pen. Got to stay here. Got to stay here. Boy, that looks kind of interesting. I'm going to go to the edge of the pen. Oh, got to come back here to the pen. See, this is where when you limit your access to the bait, it will start taking less control of you, and you're not going to be dragged away. But this also means, third, you need to talk to the shepherd about the bait. Because the shepherd already knows your bait. But when you confess, you get it out in the open, you stop harboring it in something in yours, then you can actually start dealing with it. And lastly, and this one I think is very important, get in the middle of the herd. Because what happens is, is remember, your, your bait is not the other person's bait. So get them between you and your bait. And the more of them that are between you and your bait, the better it is, which means exactly what you're doing today. Get here. Get here. The, the relationship factor of, um, of COVID has been the issue what's happened with the church. We've lost the connection of just being together. We were not meant to be on our own. Now, that, th that being said, we can be very few in numbers, but that doesn't mean that we are powerless. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there, Jesus says. You can ask anything and it will be done when we are aligned. So it doesn't take more than two. With you and him, it's a majority. So remember that. Get inside the herd. Get inside the pen. Talk to the shepherd about what you're going through. Be real. Be real. I am tired of people feeling like they cannot be real to Christians. I, Folks, remember who you were. Remember who you were. Even last night. Remember the thoughts that you've thought. Remember the actions you've done. Remember your college days. Remember your high school days. Remember what Jesus brought you out of. Because when you do, your compassion for other people will go up. And you'll say, hey, I am the chiefest of sinners. You can come as you are. And we're just going to work this thing out together. If that was like how we were, what a different place we would be if we could say, hey, come as you are. Not, here's you some scrub, here's you some soap, here's you some, and we got to have you clean up a little bit. That's not scriptural. Jesus was the one who welcomed, welcomed sinners. He welcomed them. He actually, the word welcome means he went out and looked for them. Not, okay, hope you, hope you find me. Hope you find it. 
That's not him. So we need to first recognize the bait. Second, the second reason we get away, we stray, we harden to the voice of God is through disappointment and struggle. Through disappointment and struggle. The Israelites are actually a good example of this. We we see in their history, when they left Egypt, they actually get to a point where they're they're not many days from Egypt. I just want you to get this. Like this, it wasn't like they they wandered for forty years and then rebelled. They it was like only a, a week. It was that's it. It was a week, and then they decide to rebel. Like, talk about people with short-term memory issues. And what they actually do is, is in Hebrews chapter 4, and, in, in, um, and then in uh, Psalm 95, it actually talks about their rebellion. I want to I read a few verses so that you can connect the dots of how this is like sheep. So verse... Um, Hebrews 4, verse 6, Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David. We'll read that in a second. As in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. All right. So now let's go to the original part, which is in Psalm. It's in Psalm 95. And let me re- read the first verses right above that today statement. Verse 6. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock, the sheep under his care. And continuing on, today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in, at Meribah and as you did that day at Massah in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me, they tried me, though they had seen what I did. See, connecting these dots, hardening of hearts, connected there, means sheep. He's calling them the sheep. And he's saying, you can harden your heart as a sheep. Why did the Israelites harden their hearts back when they came out of Egypt? It was because of struggle. They were disappointed they were struggling. You could see it, like get the picture. This is that sheep that's in the back of the pack, kind of trailing the flock, moving slowly, head down. They were, they had water issues, if you remember. They had some food issues, if you remember. They were actually under attack immediately. Once they got out of Egypt, they left. They were being chased. They got through the Red Sea. And then they actually came to another battle that they had to fight. 
that is what you have here. It's not that they started complaining. Life got in the way. Folks, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, 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 again, go back to you got to be real about your life. You got to be real about it. Because if you try to suppress things and you don't get it out, you're gonna, it's going to destroy you. He wants you to be real. The part here was not that they did go through struggle. And they, 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 it's not that they were coming to him with the struggle. It's what they did after that. That struggle, that, that tough time, that discouragement led them to disobedience. Because they came through this and they said, all right, it's time to go to the promised land. And they said, no, we're not going to do it. In fact, we want to go back. We want to go back where we were. And I hear a lot of people lately wanting to go back because the struggle is real. The, the fight is real, folks. The enemy does not want you to succeed. He wants you to give up. He's not going to make it easy on you either. And therefore, because he is not going to make it easy on you, you do come to these moments that go, I don't want to go back. It was much easier then. I could do whatever I wanted. Nobody really cared. I can just go back. And you feel like, but if I go back, what do I do? So how do you deal with these struggles? Remember, the focus is the shepherd. The way you overcome is through trusting the shepherd. Go back to John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep know my voice. They hear it, and they know me. They know me. They experience me. See, a lot of times we stop at the hear my voice part. But trust comes from relationship. So as we build our relationship with him, we remember what he has done. The psalmist says, forget not all his benefits. Forget not. It is, it is a willful decision to remember. It is a willful decision to remember. In fact, any time you have the opportunity that you get something, you say, that was good, write it down. Put it in your phone. Put it in, a, in something that you will willfully remember because there will come a time when the enemy is attacking you that you will need that memory. Because that memory will say, I will trust. Even though you slay me, yet will I trust you. That's because I know him. 
and he works all things together for my good. I only can do that if I remember that he brought me out. He brought me through. He helped me overcome. He's gotten me to this place. He's provided. He's directing. Because the battle doesn't get easier, it gets harder. I want you to remember that. I'm not going to teach you an easy life. I'm teaching you the battle is real and it gets harder. And you need to have a, a connection with your shepherd that you can say, I, I see you going in a direction I don't want to go, but I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to go down a road that I don't want to really go. But I trust you. The Lord is my good shepherd. I shall not be in want. And then third and finally, you can easily get hardened of hearts through pride. It's kind of funny thinking about a sheep having pride. Now, so sheep are very timid. They graze a lot, which I do too. They lack the ability to protect themselves. That's why they have shepherds. Like they're really not, like, you know, like don't know Taekwondo, you know, like that's not what they are. They are highly intelligent. Just want you to know. I, I learned that they're like right below pigs. I heard that pigs are the, one of the most intelligent of all animals. I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought like, yeah, pig? Yeah, no, pigs are pretty intelligent. But sheep are right below them in, in, in the ability to think. And they actually can recognize face, the facial structure. And they can actually recognize the voice. So what Jesus is actually saying there is actually very true of our relationship with him. We actually can recognize him. We can see him as sheep. He's saying, yep, you're, that's exactly it. But he's also saying, yeah, you're defenseless. You, you're timid. You do eat too much. And as I go into the Super Bowl party later on. But then the other thing that's very interesting about sheep, and you may know this, is kind of sad. This shows you, like, I'm, the focus is, is how can a sheep be prideful? This is one thing that can happen to a sheep. They actually can get stuck on their back and die of suffocation, usually because the weight of their wool is too heavy. So if they fall over, they're stuck. Like, I could preach for an hour just on that whole thing right there. Because what are you carrying that gets you stuck, and you're sitting there going, help, I can't get up. There's so many different things that you actually can do. But that's not the topic. I'm talking about pride. How can that sheep be prideful? Here's what I can see in the sheep. They're, they're like, okay, I see the shepherd going that direction. Hey, let me just run ahead of the shepherd. Have you ever, have you ever been on a, um, on a walk or something where... Like the person in front of you didn't know where they were going, but they acted like they did. I did that the other day. I, I was leading a group of people. I had no idea where I was going, but I was in front. They're like, Rob, read, lead the way. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll be the leader. No clue. And we were just wandering. I'm sure. We got back, which is great. 
You know, they didn't have to send out the, the, anybody for us. But the whole concept is, is that's what a prideful sheep looks like. It's ridiculous. Just think if that prideful sheep tipped over, couldn't get up, but still saying, I know the way, I know the way, I know the way. So how do we deal with the pride? Because pride will, pride will have you harden your heart to what God is saying to you. I am not going to humble myself and say, do this. I, I don't want to. What do you do? Well, the, the, the main thing to deal with pride is what, what actually, uh, you can go back to Genesis chapter 3 in the dealing of the loss of, of that and the sin that came into the world because that's the battle that Eve and Adam lost. They lost the pride battle. See, back in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent said, you will be like God if you eat. If you harden your heart and disobey, you will be like God. That's what, he's, that's what the serpent said. And then they go ahead and do it. But what had God said about them the chapter before? They already are like him. They were made in his image, in his likeness. They were already there. So what does that tell us about pride? We need, how do you battle pride? You need to remember who you were and who you are in Christ. That's where the battle is won with pride. When you do that, it will lead you to humility. So you can then be, as Jesus said, the servant of all. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you remember who you were and who you are in Christ. And then you start going, yeah, I remember. I'm going to listen. I'm not going to harden. I'm going to listen. We as sheep have a choice. We have a choice. We can hear his voice. We know we can. But what do you do with his voice? What do you do with what he is saying? Each time he's saying something, you have a, a responsibility as a sheep to figure it out. What am I going to do? Am I going to heed and succeed? Or am I going to harden and wander and fail? Because there's only one path that's going to get you to where you need to be. There's only one path that's going to be effective for your life. The good shepherd is calling you with his voice. What are you going to do about it today? As you leave these doors... What are you going to do about what the Good Shepherd is saying to you about what you should be doing? The call of God upon your life, how will you follow His voice? That's the challenge of today. You have a choice, sheep. You have a choice. And one of those choices will lead to life everlasting, and all that you can possibly 
ask or imagine. And you have the ability to be someone's answer. And that choice is to stop listening. It's your choice. What will you do? Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that you are willing to, to keep on talking. Even when we stop listening, your talkativeness is not dependent upon us, but what we have the opportunity to do is to hear from you. There are so many times when we hear something over and over that we just kind of, yeah, I've heard that before. But you're saying something. May we have the ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us, his sheep. May we be then willing to follow the good shepherd Staying in the pen, not chasing after our own evil desires, but getting close to the shepherd and talking through those things that are our bait. And even in the ups and downs of life, may we always know that you are good and you will work all things together for our good. And we choose to remember that today. And we humble ourselves. For when we do, you will lift us up. You will take us up and carry us in your arms. Those loving arms. Lord, I ask for us all to be hearers and doers of the word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus will
Father God, this day, Lord, we set ourselves apart for you again. We lay ourselves down on the altar, Lord, to be living sacrifices for you, that we want to be close to you, God, not just when we come into a church on a Sunday, Lord, but that we walk close to you. We walk with you, not ahead of you that we don't carry too much, Lord, so that we get weighed down by other things. But Lord, we submit everything to you, Lord, Father God, that we come to you daily. And we look to you, we hear your voice because you're speaking to us. We thank you that you love to speak to us, Lord. that you hold us close to you, Lord, as long as we're willing to be close to you. I pray that as we leave this place today, Lord, that we walk out of here with a new passion and a new desire and a new um, submission of our hearts and our wills, Lord, and our minds to be with you and to reflect you, Lord, Father God, wherever we go that we may speak your name, that we may tell Jesus stories, Lord, that people need to hear. We pray that hearts would be open to you, Lord, Father God, wherever we go, whether it's during a football game or at our workplaces, Lord, or at the stores, wherever we may go, Lord, Father God, at our schools. I pray that the barrier of us sharing about you and what you're, you've done for us, Lord, and who you are, that that barrier is gone. That silence has no power over us, God, that we are able to speak your name freely and powerfully, Lord, knowing that it is the power of hope, Lord, against sin and darkness and shame. Father God, I pray that we would have a greater desire, Lord, to speak your name to be close, close, close to you, Lord, in the secret place with you. And that we would know you and we would experience you and not just know about you, Lord. Bless us today, Lord, 
but help us to bless your heart, Lord, with the choices of our lives as we go from this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great Sunday. Go ahead and um, chat with our guests today on your way out. God bless you guys. And we have our prayer partners up here if you guys would like some prayer, special prayer.